I mean, I have a piece of bacon left. Well, oh, that's just recording? too bad. <laughs> well, I mean, you should probably go first, so then I can eat this. Do oh. not chew in front of the microphone. <laughs> There's no fucking words to describe how much I fucking hate this right now. Ghostly stories. Tales of revenge. Sister power. So much hair on my microphone. How does that even happen? I've got some too. <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper. Me, 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 me. I've got an assortment of beverages. Red leather, yellow leather. Yeah, Faith has an energy drink and some ah, sort of Powerade. Unique and New York. Unique <laughs> New York. And uh, she had a big old soda pop. And I drank a coffee, and now I have a half a can of Diet Dr. Pepper. Red leather, yellow leather. I'm getting jacked. What? Oh, my God. (laughs) I hated that exercise. Three! Yeah, didn't you have to pretend that you were throwing the number? Yeah. Across stage? Mm Mm-hmm. Shout out to Miss Mo. Woo! <laughs> you crazy old bird. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be an interesting person to sit down and have coffee with, but at the same time, she definitely had her favorites. The older and- I get, the more I relate to Miss Mo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, the rest of you kids can fuck off. I'm only Shh. interested in these cool ones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't, I don't blame her. Also... Who doesn't love making whoopee on a park bench? Oh, my God. Anybody that went to Mountain View probably has heard the story. Whoever is like between 28 to 35 years old probably has heard the story of uh, Miss Moe's dating video. The drama slash English teacher at our high school recorded a Comcast dating video to uh, because they're back in the day before there was Tinder and OkCupid and Bumble and whatever dating site, Farmers Meet, whatever you use, there used to be a channel on Comcast that you could go to to browse like singles ads, like people looking for a date. And they would ask you questions like, what's your favorite color? And like weird, you know, like what's the craziest thing you've ever done? And, and she promptly said, well, I would say the craziest thing I've ever done is make whoopee on a park bench. Well, she wasn't British, so it was just I like... I know, but she, you know how she talked. I know. She's very she's accentuated. a drama teacher, so it was all very Dra- eloquent. Dra- but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I just made myself laugh. Gross. Anyways, so that's kicking off high quality <laughs> nonsense. Welcome. Welcome to High Quality Nonsense. Also, didn't mean to just scream in all y'all's ears. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Dang. Welcome to High Quality Nonsense, our sister-powered podcast about true revenge and creepy shit, where we both sound the same and nobody knows who's supposed to go first. Nope. I'm Faith. I'm Casey. And we're really happy you're here. (laughs) I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us across all social media platforms under at HQM Podcast. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. 
at HQN Podcast. And our email is HQN Podcast at Gmail. Good shit, good shit. Gmail.com. Faith, you need to complete it. They might not know how to if, do that. If you just try to send something to Gmail, it usually, I mean, this just, that just isn't a listener we want. <laughs> we have to reach out to all demographics. Go back to Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> white sport coat and a pink carnation we've been listening to marty robbins all day yeah while we've been doing our uh research <laughs> wow all right um oh oh i get to ask it this time how was your day <laughs> oh shit <laughs> it was pretty good <laughs> I hope you guys can hear Paul. I God, I don't know whose cat that is. That's weird. <laughs> That's Casey's cat. That's We're weird. at Casey's house today. Whose cat is that? Just like walking around and meowing at doorways. <laughs> oh, he's right next to me now. Hello, Paul. He heard you. <laughs> he's been doing this thing where he stares at you intently and then decides to jump up and attack your face. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. He only did that once and it scared the shit out of me. Well, but I he- think I scared him more. <laughs> I probably screamed at him mid-flight. <laughs> I grabbed the back of his neck like you do with like animals to like pick up, pick him up by the scruff. Right. And I just grabbed the back of his neck and I looked at him in his face and I just screamed. Not no words or anything. I just went ah. That usually did. That would that get did me. The trick. Oh, he's coming for revenge. Oh no. Uh, my day was pretty good. David woke up at. You know, pick six, a time. Six thirty, like he usually does. <laughs> and I had been up editing episode six until about four in the morning. So he wakes up and he rolls over and he's just like, "It's like six forty-five." And he's like, "Hey, are you are you gonna get up soon? Can you get up soon, honey? Because we share a car." I had the day off, so he was like, "Can I can I just take the car?" And I was like, "Yeah, just just take it. Take my car. Just take my get the car. fuck out." And then he came home at noon. (laughs) (laughs) Let me sleep. He came home at noon and scared the shit out of me because I was still sleeping. And then uh, Casey called and she was like, I'm lonely. And I was like, come over. And then she was like, no, I can't. And then she figured out that she forgot to save her notes. Yeah, so they all fun. got deleted <laughs> because her computer decided to randomly turn off because it's literally 11 years old. Uh, yeah, that was really horrible. What sucks is that, so I did my notes. I was almost done. I'm like, oh, I'll take a break. I'll have dinner. And Because Adam was like, hey, dinner's here. Let's watch a movie and eat dinner, which we watched Super Troopers 2, which was absolutely ridiculous. Was um, it good? Well, I've never really seen the first one fully. What the fuck, I know, sissy. I know. So then I watched number two, and then I was like, oh, and some of the bits and pieces of season one came back to me. But Season one? I don't know. Fucking the first the movie, movie. The first movie. Movie one out of two. Jeez Louise. So, yeah, and then I remember he went to bed, and I wasn't tired, so I proceeded to binge watch Netflix shows. And you also stayed up until four in the morning. I did. I did stay up until four in the morning binge watching Netflix. See, this is, this is, remember how you were talking about how do I find the time to watch all these shows and know everything about all the shows? I know. Casey just like apparently watches everything on Netflix, but then like hasn't seen Super Troopers 1. Yeah. 
But she's telling me, she's like, oh my gosh, this show is so good, but like the ending is kind of fucked up and this is what happened. And I'm like, how do you know about every fucking show on Netflix and you're completely caught up on Law and Order SVU? I'm waiting for the new season. You're such a freak. I'm sure I could probably actually look at real TV, but I don't pay for that shit. Uh, It's a scam. I don't know who still watches real TV. Mom. True. True. Nope, that's a lie. She watches recordings. Oh. Yeah, that is true. She just recorded, records the one she wants. And I'm just like, you know, Netflix does that for you, too. <laughs> true. You don't even have to schedule a recording. <sighs> Anyways. All right. And as I was watching, binge watching uh, on TV, it didn't occur to me what the fuck that loud beep was. But this morning, then it occurred to me as exactly what that beep was. It was my computer going, beep, I'm turning off. Your computer just beeped and turned off? Yeah, it made a really loud loud. It made a really loud beep and then uh, proceeded to fuck my life. (laughs) Faith. Oh. She just turned the microphone downwards. It did drop faster than I was expecting to. Would you like a nonsense? Absolutely. Faith has the bowl of nonsense. Get that. Pick right. out a non. One nonsense coming up. Oh, this is uh, not a good one, question it's mark? It's not a good one for... Uh, not a good one, question mark? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, exclamation point. This one is better for like a, um, a game. Like hanging out. It was a drawing challenge, which hmm. I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's this one. Okay. I don't know if you're going to like this, but I kind of like it. My microphone is about to fall off the table. <laughs> well, you didn't do a very good job now, did you? I don't know. It's your table. Okay, hold, please. Can I just hold it like this? <laughs> no. Come on. Faith is literally just holding the stand <laughs> and holding just the holding microphone. the boom, like the boom arm, <laughs> like boom. down by the base. So I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to post a picture of what this looks like. Oh, you okay. Know what? Let's mean, snap it now. If Facebook ever happens again. No, snap flap. Snapping. <laughs> okay, hold please. Again. While we were gone, I told Casey that ovaries are the size of almonds and that the uterus is only about four inches across with the tubes. It bewildered me. It's true, though. You can see pictures. Not that you'd want to. <laughs> Jordan, look that. No, Jordan, no. <laughs> I feel like we every time that there's something that like, oh, you can thing. see the pictures. Oh, you can see this. I wonder why this. <laughs> We've just gone sleeping like, Jordan, do this. And he never like volunteered for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> he never did. It was just was one time. Like, just one time he looked up something and he was like, hey, I found out why this, you know, your belly button feels weird. And we were like, uh-huh. We're like, thank you. <laughs> Uh, we may request your assistance in the future. Wow. I don't know why. This is a very high nonsense <laughs> episode today. I don't know why it ended up sounding like that. May request your assistance in the future. I just went. It is a fun day for science. I just went for it. Didn't know. <laughs> the rain in Spain falls <laughs> gently on the plane it's mainly on the plane gently <laughs> all right 
here's our nonsense from the bowl. God, people are probably like, get your shit together <laughs> They're and like, tell me a damn fucking story. Fucking tell the story. We're already 13 minutes in. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> We're going to have to edit this way down. People are going to be like, I've only been listening for three minutes. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Read it. Read the note. Okay. <laughs> if you were transported 400 years into the past, buck naked with no belongings, how would you prove you were from the future? 400 years into the past? Yeah. 400 years. Naked. Do we get to choose when we get transported? 400 years. <laughs> I know, but like, say that like today is Wednesday and say that I'm like, okay, I'm going to get, get transported 400 years into the past on Friday. I'm going to read up. On oh. all of the history I that happened like, 400 years ago. I think it's like if a wizard showed up and like poofed you right now. I don't know. I would be how so do you, How do you like, how do you not, how do you prove that you're not a witch? Yeah, that's a, that question's better for men than it is for women, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no shit. Because if we like went 400 years into the past as women... Uh, especially you with like fucking crazy ass hair I, I know it was like my red crazy hair and then it would just start growing in brown and they'd be like she's a witch killer <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like her eyebrows are red she must die <laughs> she'd be like she gave me a guff one time yeah she gave me a guff and uh or you could yeah i wonder i don't think they had insane asylums back then because no. i think you would just end up going there they're just like, she gave me guff and she has a boil on her lips. Send her to Pavalia. Oh, my God. I'm ill. <laughs> Send me to Pavalia, Casey, the other day. <laughs> we were doing something at my house and she was, just like. I was washing my face and I kept getting sad because I was looking at my reflection and the gigantic cold sore that decided to sprout right underneath my nose. <laughs> she just looks at herself and she goes, send me to Pavalia. I'm ill. <laughs> I'm ill. <laughs> um, but I don't, fuck, I don't know how I would prove it. I feel like I would, I really wish right now that I had like a better knowledge of like metals so I could like create like aluminum in front of them. Be like, I'm from the future. Look at this. And then just like, I don't know. I feel like I relied too much on technology because I if, like, I, if, I was, if I was zapped back there um, and I had to prove that I was from the future, I wouldn't be able to prove that. But in fact, I would prove that I was the fucking village idiot because I don't know how to survive in the world. <laughs> They'd be like, wow, where the fuck did you come from? Your parents didn't ra raise you, right? You don't they know have, how to milk a cow? They're like, like what is what plumbing? <laughs> yeah, what's plumbing? You don't know how to shit in a bush? Get Like fucking get with it. I would be like, Toilet? you mean ye old me. bucket? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Toilet? You mean let it run down your leg? No, my God. That's why ladies wear muddy skirts. <laughs> They're not fucking savages. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. Who knows? Fucking animals. Fuck, there I, might like create, I might literally create a toilet and then they'd be like, she must be a witch. <laughs> I know. I seriously like I would have to like the idea that I would be naked is really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Especially right now cuz it's the middle of March. It's pretty cold out here. I'd fucking have to shave a sheep <laughs> on the spot. 
with okay. my bare hands. We're gonna. <laughs> we are going to move past this topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me the giggles. <sighs> Today is a day. <laughs> Just one day. A day like any other. <laughs> one more day. One day more. Oh, shit. I keep messing that up. <laughs> one day more. <laughs> yep. I'd really like to take a break. <laughs> it's been six hours and I haven't eaten. <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the thing we made up. I don't know. We're, we made up a character named Shirley that was like on her break for way too long. Yeah. Cheryl's been on her break staring at her phone. Cheryl's on a break staring at her phone. Smoking a cigarette and I'm all alone. <laughs> and I'm all alone. <laughs> all right. Would you like to go first? No. Well, shit. Because guess what? I went first the last two times. <sighs> all right. Well, we'll wait. But I feel like your story is going to be better if you go first. Is because you still need to like gather your thoughts. No, I mean, like, I have most of my thoughts gathered. <sighs> let me let me just do this real quick. It'll take, like, two seconds. Okay. We can go through this. Guys, we just wanted to say we love you guys, and we love doing this podcast. Um, we love it's, you. It's really awesome to have... But, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm so glad we edit these before they get the release. Uh, like, she's doing a Grammy speech, and she's just losing it. <laughs> So honored. I am so honored to be doing this podcast for you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We don't drink or do drugs. What is wrong with us? I don't know. (sighs) Okay. <laughs> I, I just gotta keep going, even though <laughs> and I need to walk away. <laughs> we chose to host our feed with Anchor.fm, which is a really awesome free free platform <laughs> that can match you up. <laughs> I don't know. Match you up with sponsors and also allow listeners. To- <laughs> to donate through stripe (laughs) there's nothing funny this isn't funny whatsoever if you go to anchor.fm forward slash hqn podcast you can find the listener support button you can submit donations that go toward improving the broadcast as well as Started on the road to producing actual merchant perks. <laughs> All supporters get a special mention and message on the show. And a personal thank you note from Casey and me. <laughs> uh, I would like to personally thank Jordan today. <laughs> Wait. You know what? Oh, this that this all oh, the uh, that whole thing needs to just be like a saved track tucked away somewhere for a Patreon. Because I, I think at this point, people are going to be in their cars going, what the fuck is happening? I don't even know why. <sighs> I'm convinced. Okay, so Adam, we're like right next to the kitchen. Adam's about to bake some chicken. 
in the oven and i'm now convinced that there's a fucking gas leak somewhere i have no idea (sighs) this isn't the first time i've been over when you're baking something we're getting baked (laughs) (sighs) was i even legible like what you just read i have no idea we're gonna hope we'll find out we're 20 minutes in and most of it is us just losing our shit (laughs) losing our dang minds okay oh i got a job too Oh, God, Casey is employed. I'm employed. Well, it's going to start on the 25th. And then my schedule is 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Hell yeah. But we're going to be basically not like bad. on the same shifts. But I get Friday and Saturdays nights. off, which is pretty choice. Fridays and Saturdays. Pretty choice. Hot damn, sissy. Okay. So you go first. I go first, but I really... Okay. Wait, what? Again, what do you want? Do you want me to go first? <sighs> Yeah, I want you to go first. Okay, let the record show and let everybody reach out to us on our Facebook, Instagram, Snappity Chap. (laughs) 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 Fucking Gmail us, hqnpodcast at gmail.com, and let Faith know that I have been going first a lot. Your stories are more interesting. Yeah, I also, they're ghost stories, so I feel like they need to be at the end, but okay. Mm, All right, fine. No, I'll go. No, I'll go. No, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I want to go. You want to go? Do you want to go? You want to (laughs) go? What dumbass? You want to fight? You want to (laughs) fight? Fine, go. All right. Okay. As you probably know, finding stories based on revenge can be a little tricky sometimes. Yes. We've gone all over the world. We have apparently touched down on quite a few pirates. But this time, the theme is... Revenge against your boss. Woo! Right. And this isn't for any particular uh, reason, but, you know, maybe some of you can relate. So we're going to start with David Burke. In 1987, David Burke was let go from U.S. Airlines, U.S. Air Airlines, which is now U.S. Airlines, after a hearing basically concerning petty theft of $69 from the alcohol receipts. So, like, customers that purchased alcohol on the flight he like took 69 dollars out of that till huh right his supervisor raymond thompson told him to have a nice day as he was leaving the hearing after he got let go and witnesses i thought he said it in like a really bitchy way probably have a nice day he's like have a nice day and then burke was quoted as replying i on i intend on having a very good day he was sent home on november 18th pending the hearing so he was really like hadn't been working for like a month And at that point, on December 7th, the day he was let go, Burke purchased a one-way ticket to San Francisco from LA, which is a daily flight on US Air. His boss took that plane home every day because his boss lived in San Francisco and commuted to LA to do his job. So, like, imagine if your ride home is just a plane. Ew. Like, you, you leave your house, you go to the airport, you get on the plane, then you go to work. Ew. I mean, that honestly doesn't sound too bad. I mean, for me, it, and I'm with LA traffic, because I he's really... probably beating everybody by like 15 minutes. Yeah, and, but still, I'm just like, ew, because I don't <laughs> like riding in planes. I kind of like planes, but you're also kind of a psychopath. I am not. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> you want to fight? <laughs> oh, Casey just did that little sister thing where she makes a fucking face at you and just like really gross face going, imitates <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> So, 
Using his U.S. Air security credentials, he was able to board the plane. That is David Burke. After he was fired, he, was, he still had credentials. Man, they should have uh, snapped, snipped that off real quick. Right. Yeah. After this case concluded, they put... <laughs> they put into law that as soon as an airline worker is fired, they have to be stripped of all their credentials. And then they also have to pass the same background test as civilians uh-huh. to fly. So like, I mean, now they have like that TSA pass that you can use where you like have a background investigation done on you and like you can you can just show them the TSA pass. Yeah, mom through. has that, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, mom has that, which is funny because she never leaves her house. She's like, I can travel easier. I or can never. travel the world sometime. Although, to her credit, she did go to France for 10 days. That woman does not know a lick of French. I'm really interested in knowing how that went. I heard it went pretty good. She came <laughs> back with a lot of cheese and butter. That's true. We, we've, all, we've been over this. Okay, so he was able to board the plane with a loaded 44 Magnum, which is a fucking big iron, sissy. Holy shit. It was a huge gun. Yeah. Like a 44 Magnum is not a little like pocket pistol. It's not a 22. It's a 44 Magnum revolver. Like how did you miss that? Yeah. Like he he put it in his pants and got on the plane. Is that a 44 Magnum or are you just happy to see me? Nope, it's a gun. Ah! All right. <laughs> the rest of what happened is pretty much pure conjecture because the force of the plane crash completely vaporized most of the evidence. Oh my God. Most of the info was recovered from the black box in the cockpit, which I'm sure you know is standard for all planes to have. But what a black did it box. reveal? Well, something else that was found in the wreckage was a note written on one of the air sickness bags, and it said, Hi, Ray. Period. I think it's sort of ironical that we ended up like this. Period. I asked for some leniency for my family, remember? Well, I got none, and you'll get none. And that was. That was a note on the air sickness bag. So what they think he did is they think he dropped it in his lap while he headed for the lavatory because they heard the lavatory door open and close and then some time passes and then they hear it open and close again and Burke yells Thompson's name then fires two shots into him. Damn. Yeah. Uh, The gun was found in several pieces in the wreckage with six empty shells. So. Burke yells Thompson's name, fires two shots into him. The Probably flight attendant hitting a window and doing all of that and air compression and making uh, the plane go out of crazy. No, so the flight attendant is heard knocking on the door and telling the two pilots, "We have a problem." And the pilots are like, "Well, what's the problem?" And Burke kicks in the door and says, "I'm the problem." Then fires three shots, one in both of the pilots, and then shoots the attendant. Um, and after that, it's unclear whether he turned the gun on himself or another passenger because the sounds of the engines drown out everything after that. Because basically, when he shot the two pilots, they slumped over onto their steering wheels and then pushed the plane down. And the, the plane went into basically a near vertical nosedive at 22,000 feet. Oh, my God. And had pretty much built up so much speed by the time it hit the ground that it broke the sound barrier. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... And then it exploded on the hillsides outside of San Luis Obispo. So there was like no remains of anything. So about a week earlier, Burke's coworker had lent him the gun. And he had left a message a few hours before boarding the plane uh, on his girlfriend's answering machine to tell her that he loved her, but he couldn't say more than that. 
that, and then you wonder why I don't like flying, and you're like, mm, I don't know, flying sounds fine, fine. but uh, I mean, as long as nobody got fired, but there's you know security precautions in place. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my first one, which is pretty sad because uh, all f- there was only 43 people on the plane, so it was a small plane, but all 43 of those people died. So, because the plane broke the sound barrier and crashed directly into the earth. Holy shit! I know. All right. So. On a lighter note, I guess, we're going to move on to Elena Scordelli. Elena Scordelli was a popular TV presenter in the country of Cyprus. Cyprus is, I think, approximately the size of Kentucky. What's the size of Kentucky? It's approximately the size of Cyprus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's an island off the shores of Turkey and Lebanon. And in January of 2010... Scordelli was accused of murdering her boss, Andy Hadjikostis, who was the CEO of Sigma TV and founder of private media company DS. So, small island uh, of Cyprus. So, she is one of the most popular TV presenters in this country. Her boss is shot once in the chest and once in the back outside of his home in uh, Nicosia. So, in 2008, Scordelli. Well, Hadjikostis personally fired Scordelli for insubordination, quote unquote. Nobody really like has. I tried to find everywhere like what the reason was she was fired. Like why? Why was she fired? Like David Burke was fired for stealing like 70 bucks and they're just like she was insubordinate. Yeah, there's a lot of imagination that's coming into play for me right here. So the motive like, was... you're getting older or touch my penis. No, well, then you're fired. You're insubordinate. Like anything, really. So prosecution basically alleged that the motive was money and power because Scordelli and her brother, Tassos Krasopoulos, owned Whoa. 21% of uh, shares in Sigma. And prosecution was like, well, they must have murdered Hadjikostis in order to take over the channel. Which defense was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, his father is still alive. He owns the channel. Why would she? I mean, I know she's like, you know, this might have been a crime of passion or revenge, but that still doesn't make any sense. Other specters were conspirator Andreas Gregorio, and the gunman was Gregorius Xenophantos. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy names in this one. Welcome to Cyprus. <laughs> so, evidence was pretty much circumstantial, but pretty interesting nonetheless the killers could have been a group of criminals making millions in an illegal online gambling ring and hadjikostis how random i know well hadjikostis have been working to launch a legal online gambling site that basically would have like massively shut them down ah so defense was like illegal yeah defense was like uh, are we just gonna ignore that this happened you know but prosecution countered and presented evidence from a psychic that recounts in 2008, Scordelli brought in a photo of Hadjikostis, and she asked that she send vibrational energy through the photo to Hadjikostis himself to induce a romantic relationship. What? She was fired shortly after that. They also found on her computer hard drive and like in letters that she was writing to Hadjikostis that she never sent her fantasizing about becoming his mistress because he was very wealthy. Hell. And like him buying her like fur coats and all this stuff. 
She's like, hmm, I'm going to write my own love novel at work about my boss. Basically. And then she, like, this psychic was like, yeah, she brought in a picture and asked me to, like, send good vibrations through the picture to, like, get him to have an affair with her. Um, As a ghost. No. What? uh, she. This was in 2008. He was murdered in 2010. Oh. So shortly after she went and visited the psychic... Psychic was probably just like, man, I got some bad vibes from this chick. You, y'all better watch out. Well, so she goes and visits the psychic and then apparently things didn't work out very well and she was fired. So she was fired shortly after she went to visit the psychic, like weeks later. Mm. So I'm almost wondering if like she like came on to him and he was like, I'm married and you're fired. (laughs) Yeah, that that's that so that's about right. that's possible too. She's just like, ooh, that gypsy lady just put a spell on him. Now's my chance. Now's my chance. That psychic sent me some energy. She sent me some good vibes. Girl, you went to the wrong person. <laughs> Should have got a sample of his handwriting <laughs> or a vial of blood. <laughs> the Heck. hair off his brush. Yeah, anything but a picture. I mean, if that were the case, we'd all be falling in love on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The defense also brought up the possibility of another suspect, which is the man involved in a torrid affair with Hajikostas's wife. Her name was Effie Papa. Pa, 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 hold on. Effie Papa. Effie Papayonu. I mean, there's a lot of names in there that I won't remember how to pronounce. That's fine. All right. The defense brought up the possibility of yet another suspect, which was the man involved in a torrid affair with Hajikostas' wife, Effie Papayonu. Effie Papayonu. Papanayu. If you're from Cyprus, help us out, I suppose. So at this point, there are four conspirators involved in the, mm-hmm. um, in the whole murder plot. So it was the fifth conspirator that they found his name was Theophanes Hajijorju. Jesus. You heard that right. <laughs> and he came forward to basically tighten the noose on Scordelli. Uh, he claimed in his testimony that Scordelli said in a secret meeting to the men, he took my money. I want him to die. He also went on to say, I have never met a woman with such hatred for one man. And at this point in the trial, Scordelli stood up and pointed at Hajijorju and yelled, shame on you. Get up and get out. So the murder, there was another thing that the defense said was that the murder took place near the border of the Turkish portion of northern Cyprus. Because uh, there's like a part of Cyprus that isn't Cyprus. It's Turkey. So and there's this like green belt, like this green border that the UN keeps the peace at. But he was shot basically like right on the border. Uh Oh. And so they were thinking that maybe it was political because he's this like media mogul for Cyprus. So a lot of like they base trial now. Yeah. The defense was like, this is a political murder. And prosecution is like, no, it was her. And Scordelli is like, why would I wait 16 months to kill this man? Like, what are you thinking? So Hadji Costas was murdered, like I said, in the center of Nicosia, once in the chest, once in the back. Scordelli, Chrysopolis, Xenophantos, and Gregorio were all sentenced to life in prison imprisonment, but Haji Georgiou was granted immunity. And that's how you cast a spell. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it just sounds like uh, words out of a spell book. They're all very point. Latin, aren't they? <laughs> Can you say all those names, but like you're casting a spell? Scordelli, Chrysopolis, Xenophantos, Gregorio, Hachijorju. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> You're and, all in love with me now. And <laughs> so those are my stories of employee revenge. The whole time I was doing this story, I kept remembering that fucking scene from American Dad where what's his name's bully comes back to beat him up. Stan's bully. Stelio Cantos. <laughs> Stelio Cantos. Stelio Cantos. Stelio Cantos. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The last story that you just did, I was a little, little bit thrown off. One, I have ADD, and two, those were crazy names. Yeah. I just like dubbed them like, okay, we're gonna call George. Um, we're gonna this call George. Him George. Yeah, we're gonna call this person Julie. We're gonna call this person Thomas. Yeah, no, but also that I feel like that is somehow racist too. Um, my favorite name was Xenophantos. Xenophantos is Gregor Xenophantos. Gregorio Zirafantos. Although I really like Theophanes Hajijorju. Theophanes? Theophanes. Theophanes. Hajijorju. Welcome to the island of Theophanes. I am your host, Theophanes Hajijorju. <laughs> Bless you. Gesundheit. <laughs> no, he wasn't involved. <laughs> Gesundheit? Yes. <laughs> yes! Because <laughs> it's good shit. I hate you. <sighs> Did you hear that? Yeah, it was Adam opening up the garage door. I'm, I'm afraid. Faith looked very worried. Well, the fucking, uh, the lights flickered. That happens here. Yeah, we are in Casey's hella haunted house. Well, not to mention that I'm pretty sure there's uh, some electrical shit that's very wrong here. Yeah, um, probably. It's an older. Like it's an every older once in a while, I can hear in the ceiling like some the actual like electrical surge noises. Like mm. wah, 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 wah. yeah, every you once in a while, you hear it in the like, ceiling, and then all the lights flicker. It's fun. Yeah, fun. It's fun. Okay, before I start on on mine, on we should plug my computer in. Yeah, we should do that. Also, pause because. It's superiority time. Superiority <laughs> time. It's superiority time. And other things. And I blow my nose because I think it's cold. <laughs> okay, hold, hey. hold, please. Leave off. Pouty break. Pouty break is okay. over, and uh, boy, we went on an adventure. Yeah, I mean, if you follow us on our Snapchat, I showed you the whole thing. Oh, jeez, mm, you're welcome. Yeah. Went to go plug in my laptop, realized that I left my charger across town at my apartment. So we had a field trip. Yeah. And that was really annoying. Don't look saying. at me like that. <sighs> well, I believe it's your turn. We got our fill of revenge and now we're going to do something creepy. <laughs> Hooray. I wonder how that looked like on their sound bar there. It's a okay. little weird. And Paul is sitting right next to me on a chair that's right next to me. Sing for us, Paul. That wasn't was not him. I know that was very convincing, <laughs> but it just wasn't him. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. That was me. People say I'm really good at 
impersonating a cat. <laughs> oh my god. Glug, 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 glug. <sighs> so this story is actually was a request from Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Our good friend Jordan Dalton. Yeah. Jordan Dalton. Um, this is <laughs> about strictly necessary. <laughs> this is about haunted painting. Yes, and uh, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's meant to be this way. Jordan is also a very talented artist and illustrator himself. Indeed. Oh, you know what? What? That son of a gun should help us with our logo. Well, I mainly wanted to give him his plug because he does commissions. (gasps) Let's commission him. Yeah. You You know who else does commissions? Who? Bill Stoneham. Who is Bill Stoneham? The man that created this painting that I'm about to talk about. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Full circle. Here we go. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So Bill was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. <laughs> Bill was born in Boston, Massachusetts in 1947 and lived in the orphanage until he was about nine months old when his adoptive parents swooped in and took him to Chicago and later moved to Southern California, where he grew up. Uh, although I also read that he grew up a little bit in Chicago, just for some reason it made it sound like they were just like, all right, we're going to take him home for a day in Chicago and now we're going to California. And onto the plane. <laughs> Uh, yes, they went to California where he grew up and he, Bill went on to college and received his associates in arts. He didn't think he mm. needed any more than that, which I agree. Cause once you get like the basics of art, then it's like, cool, you're done. Yeah. You got it. Now you can you be know, an artist. You know how to paint and draw and do all that stuff and shade and you know how light works and you're done. All done. In 1972, he began his career as a professional artist when Charles Feingarten, well, Fine Garten. It's F I N G A R T E N. When Charles Fine Garten commissioned Bill to create two paintings a month for two years, it was said that Fine Garten loved Bill's surreal, whimsical artwork. However, he asked for something that was a bit more personal and would evoke more emotion. Which honestly, I I don't know what more Charles wanted because I looked right. at some of Bill's work. And it, a lot of it, a lot of it invokes emotion. <laughs> Is it, are they all kind of like, they're all really like surreal and weird and surreal and just strange. And some are just absolutely beautiful, breathtaking, but a lot of them are just, yeah, very creepy. We'll post some pictures. Yeah. Or this, you can This go, time we actually will post pictures. You uh, can actually just go to uh, stonemstudios.com and it shows all of his work. We'll still post pictures. Yeah. I mean, not today, because today is international fucking Facebook down day. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's about. 3.13, the day Facebook took a shit. Yeah, we're recording on the 13th. However, this is going to be airing on the 20th. The 20th. So, happy St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah. Hope everybody had a good one and a safe one. Hope Hope it went well for you. And I'm hoping that your hangover didn't last <clears throat> all the way today. To today. Yeah. yeah. Back to the story. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Charles wanted something more surreal, whimsical. Um, like, he loved the work, but he wanted something that would invoke more emotion. So, Bill decided to take inspiration from an old photograph of himself back in, I, 
I think it was Chicago in the neighborhood. He also took inspiration from a poem, but I'll get I'll get to that later. A poem. A poem. A poem. Because <laughs> <laughs> earlier I spelt poem P-O-W-E-M for some reason. So it's a poem. Okay. My, I don't know, it was just like lagging or something. Okay, keep going. All righty. And in the picture that he chose, and it was of him as a little boy standing next to a little girl that he would play with often. I could not find the little girl's name. So, okay. So there's that. I looked everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also tried even digging to see if like, if I could find his real parents and what maybe his siblings names were or anything like that, but no, nothing. So I will give a little bit of a background of his old neighborhood because the old apartment where he lived Uh, where he was growing up, it was said that it was very small and that he slept in a closet that was owned by his mother and his aunt. What? Yeah, like he slept in a closet. Like they would put blankets and pillows on top of like shoes and whatever contents are in the closet. And that's where he slept for a lot of his childhood. Huh. Yeah, because it was his adoptive parents. Yeah, it was such a small apartment that like... In Chicago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so me personally, I would want to get out of the house as much as fucking possible as well. Yeah. If it was that crammed. (laughs) Yeah. Clearly, like the adoption standards then were not what they are today. No, I think back then you could literally just go, I want that one. And then they're like, okay, here you go. They're like, that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. It's fine. That's fine. Okay. So yeah, you can imagine that he would want to go outside as much as possible. So he played with his little girl exclusively. And in the photo, it's like, I mean, I feel like all photos back then are kind of creepy. It's him and the little girl. Okay. That are just standing side by side. She's looking one way and he's kind of looking another, but you can kind of see that they're trying to pay attention. But then again, it's kind of hard enough to take a picture of children with your regular cell phone, let alone an old camera back in the day. Right. But nonetheless. He used this. So the painting that Bill created, he named it The Hands Resist Him. In this painting, it is Bill as a small boy standing in front of a glass paneled door. The boy is wearing a light blue shirt and it looks like light gray bluish shorts and gray socks and your typical like black playing shoes that you would see kids wearing in like the 50s, 60s. The boy is staring directly at you as though the boy was staring at a camera. So it's, I think that's probably one of the reasons why people find it so creepy because when you look at the painting, he, the boy's looking at you. Yeah, he really is just like thousand yard stare. Oh yeah. Because it's- Right into the camera lens. Some people say that the expression- on the boy's face is blank but at the same time I would describe it as an expression that depicts someone that's confused or upset or in deep thought or trying to understand something there's also I kind of got like an angry vibe off of it honestly well that's what I thought at first but then I was like you know when you think about children and they're trying to understand and comprehend something but they can't so it's frustrating to them oh yeah so it almost looks like a a confused frustrated look yeah for sure I could definitely see it. Although he's taking a photo and he's staring at the camera, his mind is somewhere else, clearly. Next to him. (laughs) See, and it's like the, I feel like the painting's perfectly fine besides this little doll. So what 
like next to him, what looks like a little girl, but is a sad looking life size doll that's maybe like if you saw it in real life, like if the painting was real in real it's, life, it would be three feet tall. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably about three feet tall. And she has the joints of a movable Barbie doll, like the kick-ass ones that you really wanted as a kid <laughs> that had like the movable fingers the and the elbows. Barbie. Yeah. So you see those joints on this doll, like on her knees, her elbows, her hands, etc. She doesn't but, have eyes. Yeah. I was going to get to that. And oh. she has like these wavy brown hair. Like everything looks like a little doll, except then you go to her face and she looks sad. And she has, instead of eyeballs, it's just like deep holes of nothing. <laughs> Yep. She's creepy. Yeah, she is creepy. And she has the, the like, the lines as to kind of like puppets or whatever those are called. Um, ventriloquist dolls. That's what I'm thinking of. It has, like, the little lines on her cheeks, like, so her mouth could open up, possibly. And behind them, on the dark brown glass panel door, you can see small hands coming out of vast darkness, pressing up against the glass and on top of the middle panel of the glass you see a faint image of what could be a waxing or waning crescent moon which i thought was kind of interesting seeing as how those two different moon phases are interpreted in two different ways a waxing crescent moon phase signifies intention and then a waning crescent moon signifies surrender so does the waxing crescent moon represent the intention of the doll and the hands that are like reaching out to the boy or does it represent the boy's surrender to all of it? Yeah, nobody does it. Does anybody really like talk about the, the moon that's like randomly in the picture? Because it's towards the top in the center top panel. And it's, it's like, honestly, weird. you don't really notice it until your gaze travels upward because it's just like, well, first, like you're your so busy isn't... looking at all of the hands. Right. Mm. It's weird because you immediately look at the boy and everything. But it's one of those details that nobody talks about. But I looked at it like, ooh. Like, you know how artists do where they will put in something that's like subliminal and subliminal. subliminal. <laughs> that's a subliminal moon. Man, that is a subliminal message <laughs> going on there in that painting. <laughs> Anyways, so Bill stated that the doorway represented like the glass panels in the doorway represented the veil between our waking world and the, the world of dreams. Mm -hmm. the unknown and poss impossibilities as to which sounds nice and whimsical and wonderful, but also can be evil in nature, at least to me. So like often, you know, how often human minds go to dark places, even when we don't mean to. So, you know, what would be behind the veil? Would it be like wonderful dreams or would it be people's fucking nightmares? Right. When I look at that painting, I imagine like, there's nightmares back there. Oh, uh, yeah. No, they don't look that great, to no. be honest. <laughs> Those hands aren't welcoming. They need to no. put some lotion no. on. <laughs> they're Those tiny, too. They're little tiny, tiny hands. Tiny, rough hands. Ew, that's, I think that's what is creepier is that they're tiny hands. They are. They're like not adult hands. They're little, like little, little tiny hands. hands. Yeah. Ooh. Um, the hands reaching out are said to represent like other lives in the veil reaching out to the boy to come through and the doll was to represent a guardian for the boy to go through. Hmm. Crazy, huh? Anyways, Bill debuted in 1974 in Fine Garden Galleries with specifically like his own work. So kind of a one-man show, you would say. It wasn't like a mixture of people's work. Like he had made enough paintings to fill an entire gallery. Right. 
So, I mean, he's got, what, like, 48 paintings? Yeah. Two a month every two for two years? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is where Bill's painting, The Hands Resist Him, was sold to John Marley, who is an actor that was famous for his role in the... Um, as a movie producer in The Godfather, the character that most people remember for the scene where he wakes up with a severed horse's head. Right. Yeah, that guy. He bought oh. the painting. Oh. After the painting was sold between 1978 and 1984, three men that were the closest to the painting died. Um, I don't know who this is, and I tried researching as to who the hell this is. Maybe I just didn't work hard enough, but I'm like, who the hell is Seldis? But Seldis in ni- died in 1978. Then Feingarten died in 1981. And Marley died in 1984. So this happened from like, you know, when it was purchased in 1974 and moving forward. So it was like everybody who had had possession of the painting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, whoever had possession of the painting. But it was said that Marley did sell the painting before dying. And for that, uh, the painting disappeared for 26 years. Like nobody knew where it was. What? Or what it was up to. Hmm. Yeah. We went undercover. Ruining lives. Yeah. Just ruining lives. Went on a mission. (laughs) The painting resurfaced in 2000 where a couple found the painting in the back of a brewery, discarded and forgotten. The couple wondered, why would anybody just toss a good piece of art like that away? Why would it just be chilling? Like in the back as in like... I because. When I was reading this, I imagined that it was in a back room just hanging up. And they're like, wow, this is nice. I'm going to just steal this from this brewery. Right. No, they were like out, out in the back alley, like leaning against a trash can. Right. Like somebody, a picker, somebody was just like rummaging <laughs> and was like, well, you know, I don't want this. And just like tossed it back there. Um, so they were like, hey, this is a pretty nice piece of artwork. Let's take it. We're going to grab it. This and, is mine. Yeah. And for some reason, they thought it'd be a great idea to hang it up in their daughter's room. What the fuck is wrong with people? This is a nice children's painting. There's a kid in this painting. Let's just put it in here. That's so Los Angeles of them. I was going to say. Because this is all happening like in Los Angeles where the the fine garden paintings In the early 2000s. Yeah. They're like, our child is going to grow up with inspiration. Oh, Jesus. We named her vegan. Holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. And she's 21 now. Yeah, dang. Probably. I don't know. She might be 20 or Let's 19. Let's hit her up. Yeah. What then, up, vegan? And these these people are remaining anonymous. Shout out to Raindrop. <laughs> Shout out to fucking Raindrop. Um, so they put the painting. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. Wow. Um, they put the painting, uh, of course, in the daughter's bedroom. And it was about like three days later that the daughter was like, um, hey, mom, dad, shit's going down with this painting. Like the little girl could hear voices, the little girl, she would see or claim to see that the characters like the doll and the boy were moving or fighting it within the painting. Hmm. And then they also claim, well, the little girl also claimed that the little boy would leave the painting. What the fuck? Because the doll was mean. So I wonder if he came out full size or if he came out the size that he is in the painting. I feel like I would feel better if he came out the size that he was in the painting. Yeah, if he came out like full size, I'd be like, well, shit. But if he came out like six inches tall, that'd be okay. Yeah. But if uh, he came out full size, it would suck because that fucking forehead is like three stories tall. I just, yeah, if it was just like... I'd be worried about. <laughs> yeah, if it was just a... Uh... 
what this little boy is dear david is dear david <laughs> i thought ah! of that too <laughs> anyways right <laughs> So the parents, of course, they thought that this was silly and... Well, yeah, because it's a fucking kid. Yeah. It's a four-year-old daughter that's like, I'm afraid of this painting. Which also, parents, maybe don't put a (laughs) creepy-ass painting in your child's bedroom. No shit. No shit. No shit, no shit. No shit, no shit. (laughs) Um, So they just thought that she was creeped out by the painting. The father indulged his daughter by putting up a motion-sensitive camera in front of the painting to prove to her that there's nothing to fear and the painting is not moving. That's just her imagination. But unfortunately, after a couple nights, then they received like a couple shots where it appears that the dolls actually have moved in the painting. Oh. Like it's just pointed at the painting. Hmm. I will say the photos that they provide, like it just looks like trick of the light. And they later on to say they they later on and go to explain in their eBay posting that it is probably just a trick of the light. But also if it's a motion sensed camera, like what moved then? Right. Mm. Poor little do shine. What? (laughs) Their daughter. (laughs) Poor do drop. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to make a bunch of horrible. Their poor daughter. Midnight butterfly. (laughs) Um, I go by moth now. Thanks. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right. What did Bird Nest say? <laughs> so with all of these, all of these images that they're receiving, they promptly put the painting up for sale on eBay, listing it as like haunted painting. Mm-hmm. The listing goes as follows. When we re- and this is what they wrote on mm-hmm. it. Right. Uh, I was about to say, I'm going to zoom in, but. By zooming in, I mean me getting closer to my computer screen. <laughs> she said, I'm going to zoom in. And then she took the boom arm and like moved it down and closer to her laptop screen or her desktop screen, her computer screen. I don't know what uh, technology Monitor. is. <laughs> Anyways, it says, it says, when we received this painting, we thought it was really good art. A picker had found it abandoned behind an old brewery. At the time, we wondered, we wondered a little why a seemingly perfectly fine painting would be discarded like that. Today, we don't. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that, and by the way, like, why even put four-and-a-half? Like, our daughter's four-and-a-half years old Oh, now. my God. Our 230-month-old jo- daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll probably be like that. I'm not a mother, so I can't relate. Folks, I just can't. You're on your way. I'm on my way. I'm going to get He's married. He's 18 and months babies. old. Oh, my God. He's a year-and-a-half, Karen. Shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. One re- be- be- be. Wow, you're doing really well today. Oh, my God. I'm dying. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the children in the picture were fighting coming out into her room during the night. Now, I don't believe in UFOs or Elvis being alive, but my husband was alarmed. To my amusement, he set up a motion-triggered camera for the nights. What a condescending bitch. Right. To my amusement. To my amusement. My four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. (laughs) Do drop. (laughs) My daughter, Moth. (laughs) After three nights, their My poor daughter Maple Leaf, <laughs> Mabel. After three nights, there were pictures. After three nights, there were pictures. The last two pictures shown are from that stakeout. After seeing the boy seemingly excited in the picture under threat, we decided that the painting has to go. Please judge for yourself, 
But before you do, please read the following warning and disclaimer. Warning, do not bid on this painting if you're susceptible to stress-related disease, faint of heart, or unfamiliar with supernatural events. By bidding on this painting, you agreed to release the owners of all liability in relation to the sale or any events happening after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. This painting may or may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life. However, by bidding, you, by bidding, you agree to exclusively bid on the value of the artwork with disregard to the last two photos featured in this auction. Uh, yeah, and hold the owners harmless in regard to them and their impact expressed or implied. Now that we got this out of the way, and this is, <laughs> this is still continued. Oh my. This is still what they wrote. Now that we got this out of the way, one question to you eBayers. We want to ha our house to be blessed after this painting has gone. Does anybody know who is qualified to do this? Question mark. Which is fair enough. It's in year 2000. People don't just like go People about, don't and say, know like, about cleansing their homes yet. Or talk about Mercury and retrograde. Oh. <laughs> Hi, folks. This is the episode where Casey has a stroke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Myrtle Beach and Gatorade. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, okay. The size of the painting is 24 by 36 inches, so it's rather large. As I have had several questions, here are the following answers. There was no odor left behind in the room. There was no voices or the smell of gunpowder, powder, no footprint. No no oh my God, my God. Casey. Oh, <laughs> There were no, there was no, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Do you need a break? Read, Hold on. Read it over before you go. I'm going to pause this, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just said start with the gunpowder. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was no odor left behind in the room. There were no Okay, get it together. We have to keep that in. <laughs> there was no odor left behind the room. There were no voices or smell of gunpowder, no footprints or strange fluids on the wall. Well, Kevin's it's a four forbid. and a half year old's room, so why not? Yeah. To deter questions in this direction, there are no ghosts in this world, no supernatural powers. This is just a painting, and most of these things have an explanation. In this case, probably fluke lighting effect. I encourage you to bid on the artwork and consider the last two photographs as pure entertainment. Please do not take them into consideration while, e like, while bidding. I just have to say, they list it as a haunted painting. And then she's like, there's no such thing as ghosts. And then she's just like, so this is the story. This is what my daughter said. And this, these are the pictures that and they took. And to my amusement, and my husband set up a camera. And let's get this straight. There are no ghosts in this world. These and photos no supernatural powers. were captured during the quote unquote stakeout. Like, stop being so condescending, Janet. Jesus Christ. I this picture this lady as a summer. Mm. 
My name's Summer, and my here's my daughter Dewdrop. <laughs> like, listen, Summer, and Dewdrop later just changed her name to Deidre or Deirdre because your fucking she child want to fucking be named fucking Ocean Pebble over here. <laughs> Dewdrop, <laughs> Dewdrop, <laughs> Dewdrop. Man, I hey, get it together. The eBay okay. listing. <laughs> <laughs> The eBay uh, listing within just days had over 30,000 views. Like it was just sharing like, oh my God, this painting's haunted. Ah! And, and this was back out. in like 2000, 2001. Right. Before eBay really became like eBay. Right. Exactly. I haven't been on eBay in a grip though. So like that is the eBay, the eBay that I still remember is the one that like mom used to go on. Yeah. Back in 2000. When mom was like, can you believe I got this on eBay? She used to buy fucking everything on eBay. And then Amazon came along. And, and then mom just fucking sold her, her soul to Jeff mind. Bezos. <laughs> Hell, I lost my mind. It's true. I think we all did. Mm-hmm. The painting was bought by the highest bidder named Ken Smith, who owns an art gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where it is uh, staying there to this day in the storage pocket where it belongs, where it needs to be. Where is it? In Grand Rapids, Michigan. I wasn't listening. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Jordan sent us a message. It's in an art gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where it stays to this day in a storage pocket. What is a storage pocket? So if you remember, if anybody's been to any sort of art classes or anything, you had your own little storage pocket. It's like almost like a little slit to put like canvases it's it's literally just like a thin oh just a little filing cubby. whole cubby yeah a little yeah 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 okay I remember those yeah so it's just been chilling there anyways so she said or Smith has not reported any hauntings or happenings but does not deny that it has a creepy aura about it creepy aura about it and that's probably why it's in storage she has had people come in before and asking to see it she said that she's only had about like six people come in before going we know it's here i want to see the painting right yeah but she um, doesn't let people look at it no she's brought it out and oh, she's okay. like here's here take a peek um like i guess uh there was 13 guys that like from the age range of like 14 to 60 came in and they were just like we want to see the painting like all 13 of them at a time yeah in <laughs> like one all go once in a group and she's like um okay and she brought it out and like took the cloth off and it was just a long 20 seconds of silence. And then one of them just said, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> and that was it. And then they were like, thanks, bye. <laughs> Not going to lie. That's probably how it would go if I went to go see it. Right. I'd just like get an eyeful really quick and be like, well, I got the heebie-jeebies. It's like, thank Check you. Check you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, yeah, the only thing that she said that was probably the creepiest thing about purchasing the painting is then after that, people started emailing the shit out of her, like priests and shamans being like, hey, you need to cleanse this. You need to um, recite these, you know, like these prayers, these prayers and do this and that. And she was like, OK, OK, I'm, I'm just going to stow it away. It's fine. It's OK. Everything's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Now. I know that you're all probably wondering how could this painting be haunted or person created it. Like when the person is still alive, like Bill Stoneham is still alive and well. Fun fact, he is in Washington. Oh, that's right. You yep. told me about that. He moved here in Washington. I think it's like Vaughn, Vaughn Island or Vash Island or oh, Vash Island. Potentially. It's 
well it's remote him and his wife it's northern yeah it's probably up north near canada and if you see a picture of him he definitely looks like washingtonian he belongs here you were born to live in washington bill you you were born to be here bill welcome to your homeland bill which who knows it could very possibly be a homeland like what if his ancestors grew up here maybe he still doesn't know maybe he didn't know Mm, who knows? Maybe. Mm, 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 mm. So, I mean, he's alive and well, but even Bill wrote on his website on stonehamstudios.com that he was surprised to hear that his painting was causing such a ruckus. However, me and Faith have a theory as to how and why this painting could have taken on its own sentient, like, persona. Right. The... Because it really all kind of sounds like coincidence. Because, like, I mean, I don't know how old these people are. We don't know how old Feingarten is or, I mean, I'm sure we could find out how old that actor is. But if he starred as, like, an older man in The Godfather, then, like, by the year 2000, he was probably quite elderly. Well, yeah. And, I mean, that guy died so it could be in, like, like, 1984. It could be, like, entirely coincidence that... Oh, yeah. And that's what he was saying. He was like, I think it's a coincidence. I think yeah. that all those people died and it's just a coincidence. The theory that we kind of came up with and just mainly when you think about it, the painting itself was created by two things that were very personal to Bill. One of them was a photo of his childhood and two was a poem about not knowing his birth parents. Right. I, he didn't write this poem per se, but... But it touched him. But it touched him in that yeah. way. Um, the poem reads, he is of the seeing visions. His strokes reveal them in a rush of color, of madness, of mystics. And his head is the highest center. It must confront its enemy. The hands resist him. Like the seeker of his birth, his presence is the sanctum heartbeat, felt in darkness and in passion. It sound the sole gift to that silence. Wow. Written by R. Ponsetti. 1971. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so with creating something that contains so much emotion and feelings, it's definitely possible that he had accidentally created a tulpa and was then later, it could possibly then be later fueled by the previous owners of the deaths and then also everybody's fucking imagination. Like it right. just like fueled its fire immensely. Right. So a tulpa is a, is a thought form. Oh, that- I was going to read the Wikipedia portion and then let, let you have it. Oh, go for it. Um, so Wikipedia's description of a tulpa. Tulpa is a concept in myst- mysticism and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental powers. It was adapted by 20th century um, theophysicists from Tibetan Spurlpa, which hmm. means uh, an Inan- emanation, emanation or manifestation. Modern practitioners use the term to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend, which practitioners consider to be sentient or relatively auto- autonomous. autonomous. So in other words, creating something and seeing it as a person or a living thing, thus giving it a form of power or life. So that writers and artists um, alike create these unknowingly. And this is why we see certain paintings or poems that hit us in a haunting and horrifying way sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's entirely possible. And the thing is, too, is that, like, strong emotions and, like, 
thought when you have like racing thoughts that you feel that make you feel very strongly it's i'm not going to say easy cuz it's i mean you it requires like a lot of passion and thought and emotion to really create a tulpa but it it can happen on accident and i think right. i think like if anything after you know having this like memory of like living a weird childhood and not knowing who his real parents are sleeping in a fucking closet on top of shoes sleeping in a closet on pillows and blankets like you know kind of like having this childhood but like not knowing what it could have been like right sort of deal and also having that pressure right of painting two paintings a month for two years i mean i gotta tell you folks fledged paintings i don't know i don't know it's crazy well, and then that's what I was thinking is like artists, writers tend to have a lot of passion and emotion in the work right. that they put in. And the other thing, too, is that like if you like handwriting, it connects to you. Like I like I said in my last episode uh-huh. in my weirdness. <laughs> and I mean, like I can only imagine like painting yourself from a photograph of your childhood in a way that interprets your inner thoughts. And feelings. Yeah. Is really, really personal. Like, there's a lot of potential there to to create some weird shit. Yeah. Um, so that's me that's my theory and our like kind of that's for fuck's sake, yeah, that's our theory as to how it probably could have taken on a personality of its right. own. And it's a creepy painting, so it's probably fueled by everybody as well. Being yeah. like And then the tulpa is oh, just like some creepy shit. Yeah. Mm, I'm just looking it up. Oh yeah. Another thing, too, that I wanted to mention and I thought was kind of interesting is that Bill did later on find out that he had multiple siblings out there from his birth parents. He has a, I believe it said, a full brother and then a half brother and then a full sister. Oh. And his brother did confirm that his mother, his biological birth mother, painted portraits for like, a living like painted for like a professionally living. yeah wow. like did professional painting um so another thing that i was kind of thinking was like we don't know her past and i dug i used to be a research analyst like that's all i did was like dig up information and i tried everything to dig up to try to find bill's like real birth mother like even trying to find the orphanage no that luck. he went to and i couldn't no luck so i was thinking like man what if like she had something weird going on with her and she did weird paintings. Right. Sort of like a family uh, curse. Like a family curse sort of deal. Yeah. Or like maybe she had some sort of like paranormal abilities or she was connected spiritually and maybe just passed that down. Right. Holy cow. Mm. Well, and another thing too is that you think about it and it's like, that would suck. You find out that you have other siblings that grew up with her. But you didn't. But you didn't. Right. Damn. Oh, yeah, that's got to be rough. Um, you can go on Bill's website and see because other private, uh, after this painting went viral, other private, how would you put this? People people reached out to commission prequels and sequels to the painting. Oh, okay. So you can actually see like the prequels and sequels. Like I think the next painting is of him like grown up and that the doll is like, floating or being taken away with its face being taken off oh my god he's like an old man in a fucking adventure suit with like a hat on a trench coat he's wearing boots and he has like a walking stick a white beard what fucking like yeah it just looks like an old man about to go up in the mountains it's nuts 
Wow. So with this, do not buy or pick up random creepy paintings. Um, also, note to self and to all y'all, whenever I grab a painting or get something from a like a secondhand store, a thrift store, Goodwill, I cleanse it. I get my Pelo Santos out. I get my sage because you never know what the hell could be attached to that. Yeah. You got to meditate over it for a little bit. Uh, surround it in the white light. Pass some smoke over it. Honestly. Like, I... Yeah. As, like, literally behind me, there's a bunch of, like, really... There's so much, like... Casey has this wall of, like, thrifted paintings. And really old paintings and, like... Um, what are those called? Hand-stitch. There's, like, embroidery art. panels. It's just... Casey's got a lot of, like, eclectic art on her walls that um, is almost exclusively, like, either from friends, neighbors, or secondhand. Yep. And we've cleansed them all. Oh, and also kind of mm -hmm. creepy. I got a giant, like, medicine encyclopedia from an estate sale. I'm pretty sure an old lady died and they were trying to get rid of some of her stuff. But inside, there's, like, a, like a, a self-help group guide that was inside the book that I didn't know about. Yep. Yep. So. It's old, too. It's old. It's old. It's old. Well, how'd you feel about that? About I feel like y'all listeners need to look up the painting as we're talking about it. Because even there's other reports where people are like, oh, well, that, you know, that looks cool. I'm going to look up this painting. And then they ordered prints or like replicas, like commissioned replicas from him. Mm -hmm. And they had their own experiences where they heard like deep voices or they felt heat emanating off of the paintings or the prints. Mm -hmm. um, or they just ended up having like just all around bad luck happening to them. Hmm. So you guys kind of decide... Is this super creepy? Are you freaked out? Also, do you feel anything when you look at the painting or the picture when you look it up? Again, it's called The Hands Resistem. Let us know. Um, or do you think that it was just uh, a couple that wanted to make some big old bucks off of eBay? I mean... That's a pretty kick-ass listing, let's be honest. Especially uh, yeah. in 2000. True, true. They were kind of like the first people to, to do that. Oh, yeah. So, Well, some of the first. I don't, I don't remember when the Dybbuk box came out, but... That was later, I think. That might have been a little bit later. But, like, oh. the haunted... Oh. Oh. The haunted <laughs> eBay listings. I mean, we'll post it on our Facebook, at the very least, and you guys can take a peek at it and see how you feel about it. Casey just whipped herself in the face with one of her pigtails. I got my eye! <laughs> it's fine. How do you feel, Faith? Um... I don't know. I just like I yeah, I mean like it's hard to it's hard to say unless I actually like put my like hand on the painting. I don't know. Maybe I would be interested in finding out if anybody else who owns these paintings has anything to say. You know what I mean? Right. Cuz I also get the feeling that they're probably older people and like their first thought isn't to like flock to the internet to be like I've got a haunted painting. Like, right. You're not really going to see them in like Reddit forums or listing it on eBay or doing something, you know, that it's, I think I, I feel like potentially his other paintings are probably if, if this painting is haunted, the other ones probably are too. That's a, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like I, that really kind of like screams like sort of like past life family trait sort of 
thing. Like if his mother was also like a, a commissioned professional painter and he grew up to be a commissioned professional painter and she had to give him up for adoption. Like there's just a lot of mystery there. Yeah, a there's of a story Plus, there. Also, think about like how old he, how how old he is. How old he is, which because he was born in 1947. Right. And imagine his mom. Like, when did she start doing portraits and stuff? Like, if it was, like, in 1920s or 30s or right. or earlier than that. I think that was it was really personal to do somebody's portrait or get your portrait even painted. Right. A lot of people didn't even like to do that just because there was still, like, like a part of your soul is inside of it. Right. So, maybe his mom was fucking taking souls and taking names. Maybe. And then maybe Bill just took a part of his own soul. And put it in that painting. Potentially. There's there's a lot of weird shit going on. But then, honestly, I just wish I could reach through that eBay listing and slap that lady. Because she's just so, like, I hate people who are doubters. But also, like, kind of want to be a part of it. But then they're also, like, there's no such thing as ghosts. Yeah. They're, like, the, the people that are, are embarrassed to like something. But also... I don't know, just fucking like wear it loud and proud, y'all. But also they're kind of like into it. Yeah. She's like if just somebody's like, just like, Dragon Ball Z is so stupid, but then somebody's like, Dragon Ball Z rules. And it's like, uh, yeah, and I guess, yeah, they, it is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is actually also, it's really stupid. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Oh, and for the record, Dragon Ball Z slaps. Dragon Ball Z is just Dragon Ball hot Dragon fire, Ball Z. dude. <laughs> I don't know about Dragon Ball GT. I, I don't know about that, but. But Dragon Ball Z. Um, also Dragon Ball Super. Fucking lit. Fucking lit. Broly. Lit. Broly was fucking rad. It was, but I thought the theme music was extremely ridiculous. Gogeta. 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 Broly, Broly, Gogeta. Broly, Broly. <laughs> okay. Well, oh my gosh. I, that was a pretty, that was a pretty good topic. This topic, uh, was brought to you by Jordan Dalton. Shout out to Jordan. All right. So as we mentioned previously, that our new thing that we're going to be doing is fortune cookies. Woohoo! <gasps> Yay. All right. You go first. Okay. I'm going to try to get the sound. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I almost threw away the fortune. <laughs> and then munch, munch, munch. I would have laughed even harder if you just went ahead and you ate the fortune and just tried to bring the, the fortune. <laughs> and I'm like, what does this cookie say? <laughs> Your critical insights can provide the stimulus for change. Change, be faith. I just feel like that's just, they're just trying to sound deep. Mm. Give me another one. I'm going to do right. another one. That one was really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's really fucking snagging my fortune right now. All Give right. it to me. Your contribution is significant. You can go to anchor.fm slash listener support. No. <laughs> Your contraband is significant. Your contraband. I mean, contribution. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill this cookie. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Mm -hmm. mm. You naturally accumulate knowledge and look at its broader implications. All right. 
All right. So share your happiness with others today. That was my second one. Oh, good. I'm I'm putting my vibes out there for you guys. I want you to feel my happiness. <laughs> I mean, it might feel like some gas building up, but that means it's working. That's just your happiness. Just what happiness feels like. Mm. Oh, I did want to share one more thing in regards to my story. Okay. Hold on. Okay. This is an article I found from University of Central Florida. Uh, it's called Good Grief. Victimized employees don't get a break. Publicly released on the 8th of March, 2019. As if being picked on wasn't bad enough, victims of workplace mistreatment may also be seen as bullies themselves, even if they've never engaged in such behavior. Adding insult to injury, victims may even be seen by supervisors as worse employees, despite exemplary performance. Bullies, on the other hand, may be given a pass if they are liked by their supervisor, which Sounds like a huge pile of, like, no shit to me, Yeah. given my current situation. A study about this bias towards victim blaming was recently published in the Journal of Applied Psychology. The peer-reviewed article was co-authored by Shannon Taylor, an associate professor of management in the University of Central Florida's College of Business. The results are eye-opening. I think they are useful because, given all of these accounts in the media of bad behavior happening, People are often left wondering how we can blame victims and why do we let these perpetrators off the hook and why do they go unpunished? So there were a few different studies. First two studies th showed through surveys of employees and supervisors that supervisors tend to view victims of bullying as being bullies themselves. The next two studies were experiments where participants evaluated employees based on descriptions of their work performance as well as how they treated others and how they were treated. They found that even when the evaluators were clearly informed that a victim did not mistreat others, those victims were still seen as bullies. In the fourth study, they found that not only are victims seen as bullies, despite evidence to the contrary, but also that they receive lower job performance evaluations as a result of being victimized. So they pretty much go, oh, you're a troublemaker. Right. We want you out Even of though here. it's never really happened. So Taylor attributes the flawed decision-making to cognitive biases, such as the halo effect in which positive attributes mask negative traits, or the horns effect in which one negative attribute casts a person in a completely negative light. So if you have one like flaw in your personality, uh, sometimes a supervisor or a manager or somebody in leadership will basically focus in on just that one negative trait about you and it will hide everything good. Right. So it's like, say that I'm a supervisor and I meet somebody that just chews with their mouth open and it disgusts me so much that I end up hating them, even though they're a fantastic worker. Even though they're a great worker and they get along wonderfully with everybody. Uh, the first step is really awareness of these biases, Taylor says. We hope this study will at least bring awareness to people's potential for bias. Uh, what I think is really interesting about this, when you hear stories of high profile people engaging in bad behavior at work, a lot of these people have gone unpunished for long periods of time. And we have examples of victims of this bad behavior being called out and attacked on social media and by the media. Our studies show this is actually pretty common. We're all susceptible to these biases. So that's just kind of something to consider, you know, as managers or as part of leadership teams when you have a negative outlook on one of your employees or when people are like, I got fired and I don't know why. Or I don't know why work is so hard right now. I don't know what I did. That might be, you know, 
it's it's sometimes it's tough because these biases really do happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, regardless, don't fucking murder your boss. Yeah, just don't. Even though they might be an idiot, don't fucking kill your boss. So what did we learn today? Don't uh, don't pick up paintings behind uh, breweries. Don't name your child Dewdrop. (laughs) Yeah, because they're just going to change their name anyways. Right. To Moth. To Moth. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, don't don't kill your boss. Don't take a picture of your boss to the psychic and try to make him him to fall in love with you. Right. You crazy bitch. Jesus Christ. Okay. But also, I I don't know. Why would that be revenge? Would that? Yeah. Because she got fired for misconduct. Yeah. She tried to touch his pee pee. I think she tried to touch his ding ding. (laughs) And he said, I'm married. Get away from my ding ding. But he's married. Yeah, he's married to a woman that's having an affair with another man. Oh. Who probably could have killed her. Him. Probably killed the boss. I don't, you know what? You Never also mind. learned all about spellcasting today with all those wacky names. <laughs> Cypriot names. So, holy shit. What a whirlwind. What a whirlwind indeed. And also, we our recording was under two hours. Wow. How about that, folks? And I then know. after we edit this, I'm sure a lot of my fuck-ups will trim it down to like, an hour or I maybe know. less than this an hour. This one's going to be like a <laughs> mini episode. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm going to eat dinner. Okay. I don't know about y'all, but it's 10, 10 to 1 p.m. All right, guys. Don't forget to check us out on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Please leave us reviews. Please send us an email at hqnpodcast at gmail.com. Please do. You can find us on Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram at HQN Podcast. And slide uh, into our DMs. You slide into our DMs. I mean, our slide into our demons. <laughs> <laughs> demons, feel free to slide on in. <laughs> slide into our demons. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for coming. We love you. You're love all you. high quality people. And this is high, high quality, quality nonsense. nonsense. Woohoo! Bye! <laughs>